Welcome to the Blue Co-Cast, an informative show where we discuss all things water and the Blue Co-Lab program at Pace University. So just to introduce ourselves, I'm Lila. I'm a, a sophomore digital journalism major. I'm Cece. I'm a freshman adolescent education major. I'm Damien, but you can refer to me as Mr. Bronx, and I am a sophomore for computer science. One, two, three. And, and we, we are, are the podcast team. <laughs> you didn't say what we were going to say. <laughs> That's the funny part. <laughs> Ready? We are the we are the podcast team. One, two, three. And we, we are, are the, the podcast, podcast team. team. So here's how we're going to start. All right. Cece, in one hand, I have a glass of water. You don't know where it came from. It's just some a glass of water that me, a random, and say I'm a random stranger, just gives to you, right? Okay. My other option for you is in my other hand, I have an unopened bottle of water. Which would you take to drink if you were like dying of thirst? What would you drink? I would pick the unopened bottle. Why? Because it's sealed and I feel like I don't know what's in the glass of water. So the best way to describe what the Blue Collab program is doing here at Pace University is we are trying to keep people informed about their water and what is in it that they are drinking. But when you think about it, in reality, you don't really know what's in any of the water that you're drinking. You could get a cup of water from your faucet at home and assume that this water is safe to drink because that's just what you know. However, you don't get a water quality report only once once a year. So by the time you get that water quality report, you are only getting water quality data that was for the whole year and you've already drank all of that water. So wouldn't it make more sense to have something implemented that will give us real-time water quality updates in, re again, real time? So what we're working on is getting something that gives you water quality updates every 15 minutes. And PACE does its own water quality report, but it's sent out once all students leave for summer break. That's right. So the students aren't even seeing it. And also, if you think about it, you say you get a bag of chips from the vending machine, right? If you read the bag, you look on the back, it has all the ingredients. It tells you everything that's in that bag of chips that you're consuming. Why isn't it the same for water? You don't right. know what's in your water before you drink it. And and these companies, you know, these um, you know, food companies, they're required to have this nutrition label with all the ingredients because you, you've got people with allergies, you know, they're required to do that. And yes, these water communities, yes, we are required to put out a water quality report, but what's the point if we've already drank all the water that it's reporting on? You could get a water quality report that's like, there are contaminants that could kill you in your water. And you're like, well, what am I going to do about that? I've already been, been touched by it where I've drank it all year. There was an instance in Wisconsin, um, in Milwaukee, in 1933. It was the largest documented waterborne disease outbreak in the United States. And a chlorine-resistant contaminant was in their drinking water, and that affected 400,000 people, including 69 deaths. So water really is our life, and we're affected every single day by the water that we drink. Right, and to go into that a little bit more, wouldn't you say that we have the right to know? 
we have the right to know what's in our water. Again, you like you said, water is life. That's like my slogan. I say that all the time. Water, is, like, water is life. Like hydrate or dihydrate, you know? <laughs> As someone who drinks a lot of water from time to time, I kind of... From time to time. <laughs> I, yeah. Tap Every water. once in a while, no worries. I use tap water for my, um, when I make juice. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like, I know, I know there's been times where I would turn a faucet on and I see all this brown water. I was like... Mm. Yeah, I don't want juice anymore or water for the time being. And we really can't survive without water. So it's kind of really important that we need these water reports. You know, like, all right, is the water good enough? Like, what about my um, siblings? I have, like, four siblings who drinks a lot of water. So I kind of a little afraid for them to drink water if it's not up to date. And so many people don't even realize that this is an issue. It's, like, never crossed their mind. Like, being a part of the Blue Collab is something that I think... Um, I've, this is the second semester I'm here at the Blue Collab, and it just it makes you realize how important water is to our lives and, and how much we need to change what we're doing. And that's exactly what we're doing with the Blue Collab, which is an amazing program, and it's open to students across the board. So you've got people coming from all different backgrounds and, and skill sets, um, and we're all trying to accomplish one thing, and it's creating something a um, system that will update people on the quality of their water in real time. The ideal thing that we want, what we're the big thing we're working on is, you know, every time um, there's an amber alert or there's a severe weather warning, everybody's phones go crazy, right? Like everybody gets that notification. Your yeah. phone basically goes into lockdown and it's like someone is missing. Like look out for this yeah. vehicle, right? It goes crazy. Why doesn't it do that? for your water quality. Because if you have instances like in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you have that incident, you have so many other incidents. I mean, look at Ohio right now. They are facing, you know, a lot of concerns surrounding the quality of their water after the chemical outbreak in, in, in the air. And it's already affecting wildlife. Who's next? Us, you know? Yeah. And especially with the water. It, water is so, um, you know, vulnerable to contaminants, I feel like. You know, there's just so much that could go wrong. So being aware before it, it gets you and before you get sick. Instances of uh, people having poor water quality and, and they have uh, terminal illnesses like cancer or, or heart disease and they wonder why you know they're not getting better or why they're almost getting worse and they won't know that until they get that water quality report and it's like, oh, water, the water quality was the problem. And it's so interesting. I know we were talking about it in class the other week that now um, stores are coming out with kits for you to test your own water at home but really the people that have the money and access to buy these kits are the people who already have safe drinking water so people right. who don't have safe drinking water aren't going to have the opportunity to buy a kit to test their water wait, wait they're giving out kits for like test water wait you got to pay for those yeah that's crazy because aren't they giving us free covid tests like we literally can sign up for it and get a free covid test every month i'm still getting that it's a good point they ought to make these free too. Why is this not like a government issued thing? But at the same time, why should we have to worry about testing our water when we could just get, you know, these updates? And, you know, that goes back all the way back to the right to know. That is the major part of what we're doing here. We are working on showing people that you have the right to know what's in your water. You have the right to that. You should have that privilege despite any socioeconomic status or anything along those lines. This is making me think of, um, so today I had my teach class. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm currently an education major. And we talk about equal opportunity and just the, the right to know in general, like in schools. And also like reform, like we need to reform this water system. And so people 
are able to have the right to know what's in their water. And it's the same thing with the school system. And it's just taking the steps to make it so that we can make change. Absolutely. On campus, we have a pond. Yes. And so people look at the pond and they see these big things floating in the pond. And we call them Ada and Odin. So, Lila, explain a little bit about what they are, what they do. <laughs> so these weird flotation devices on the pond, um, there's two currently. And what they do is they have these sensors. I forgot that it was lifeboats. I'm not going to lie. Like, when I first came here, I was like, why are there lifeboats in the pond? Life, you thought they were lifeboats? Yeah, they have the um, they have the orange and white color. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, you you could you can't mistake those lifeboats. Hey, they look like boats in general too. See, I think that's such a good example of how a lot of people on this campus are very uninformed about their water and just the water around them. I'm obviously curious about like what's the difference in the, ter- the different water brands? Are some of them more contaminated than the other? Because we got Smart Water, we got Dyson Water. And we were talking about doing a video idea of like, have you ever seen those YouTube videos of people testing the pH with pH strips of water? We were thinking of doing that like with the Blue Collab, which would just be like really interesting to see. Okay, so these, you know, lifeboats on the pond, (laughs) these flotation devices are our monitoring stations. They use sensors to retrieve the water quality data from the pond every 15 minutes. All of that is connected to a computer that is also connected into our little space up in Goldstein Academic Center where the computer gets the data every 15 minutes and we upload that to our uh, dashboard. So we've been learning a lot about these sensors, which are really, really cool. They use lasers to shoot different colors into the water. And depending on the color that it comes back, that'll tell you like what, you know, the pH level is or the turbidity, all of those different things that we are measuring. So basically, overall, our monitoring station, Ada and Alan, are named after huge names in computer science in history. Alan Turing, guys. Alan Turing is who our monitoring, one of our monitoring station is named after. Ada Lovelace is who Ada's named after, and she was regarded as a computer programmer, which is really cool. So the goal is to be able to display this information to all Pace University students, and so students are more informed about what's in their water. I think having these sensors in the pond is kind of the first step that we're taking to monitor what's in our water. And it's really interesting to look. Um, there's a website that the Blue Collab has where you can see all the different, um, every 15 minutes it updates with the pH level, the water temperature. It has all the information about the water in the pond. The next time you walk by the pond, check them out. And at least now you'll have an idea of exactly what they are. And so we have a few different teams this semester. One being sonification, which is really cool and interesting, taking the data that we have from the pond, the water quality data, and turning it into music. So last semester we had uh, Matt Russo come in and speak to us kind of about that. And it was really like beautiful to hear and listen to the type of projects that they're able to make and the things they're able to do. Yeah, and who, who does Matt Russo work for? It's NASA. NASA, right? Yeah, NASA, which is really cool. So he was making like music out of data from like, galaxies and yeah. like the location of stars and crazy stuff it's really awesome and it's it's also a really good tool for people who are visually impaired and 
and just to listen to the data is really cool. And so that goes into our big thing that we'll be implementing in the Kessel Student Center in the next We'll see. (laughs) Um, Hopefully the next year. Right. We are working on an accessible kiosk design that will be in Kessel Student Center for all students to use, you know, regardless of being deaf or physically challenged. Visually impaired. Visually impaired, yes. We're going to make it very accessible. And the kiosk is going to have all of the information about the data that the pond is retrieving from our water monitoring stations. Our weather station as well, which is another part of the work we have going on. And just all the information that you're going to need to know about your right to know what's in your water and the Blue Collab in general. The kiosk is kind of the first step to get more PACE students aware of what's going on and to inform them and kind of make them interested and make them want to make the change that we already want to make. Exactly. And it's going to be fun, too. It's going to be something people can use. We're, we were even talking about using um, gamification, implementing yeah. games and having like a scoreboard, you know, a high scoreboard on this kiosk. So this will be very interactive, very informative as well. So that's our kiosk team. We have a data stories team, which is basically about taking the data that we have and, you know, finding the story within it. You know, the journey of water. The journey of water. The journey of water. Well, because did you know that our, you know, Chope Pond technically has water in it from... All around the world. All around the world, like the Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, like the cycle of water. You know, (laughs) it goes up into the air, it comes back down. So we have particles from all different bodies of water, which is really cool. So that's why using Chope Pond is a perfect way for us to get to the nitty gritty of how we can implement this on a larger scale because water is water and water is all connected. We can move on to the PACE Water Report team. They're definitely working towards, uh, as we were talking about earlier, kind of the right to know. So students are able to make updated and informed decisions on their water. They're making water reports in a more timely fashion than 12 to 18 months. So they're working on that, trying to get the data and a way to share the data to other students. And we have many more other teams and they will be joining us on this podcast for our next few episodes so they can introduce themselves and get more into detail about the work that they're doing. Probably a lot more detail than I could give you, (laughs) but all the work I know is really, really interesting. And we're all working towards that one big goal. It's something that once you know, you can't not think about. Exactly. Every Every time time you drink, walk past the pond. Every time I take a sip of water, like once it's in your head, it's like you know it. Like you, you can't stop thinking about it. And I feel like our professor is one to blame for that. Our advisor, (laughs) (laughs) Professor John Cronin, um, amazing, amazing individual. He is the backbone of this whole organization, along with Leanne Keeley. He will drag you in if you show any interest. And I mean even just a smidge of interest in the Blue Collab. He will reel you he in. He was heartbroken when I told him that I might not be coming back for a second semester. Right. He, and, and he just is the most caring guy and just makes this really fun. So yeah. you'll be happy if he drags you in. Yes. And I definitely recommend anybody to join. You know, again, I am a... I'm literally a digital journalism major, yeah. but half of the people in the um, program, I feel like, are like computer science or IT. But you don't need to have experience to join. You do not. See, like, it's, I think the best part of it is there's all these teams. Uh, people doing, like, the kiosk hardware, they're, like, 
physically coding and coding and building and all these teams except us we're having the fun here don't worry about it <laughs> anything else guys about the blue collab i think we covered it i think we did Thanks for listening to the Blue Co-Cast. Next week, we'll be talking about the kiosk team and the work they're doing to build an accessible and interactive kiosk in the Kessel Student Center at Pace University. See you next time. <laughs>